Welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. Today I am joined by Caitlin as she takes us on her journey of living with fibromyalgia, how it affected her mental health and how it led to her alcoholism which she used to mask and hide all the symptoms. So I do hope you'll stay tuned as us warriors unite. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Warriors Unite podcast with me, your host, Carolyn. Joining us this week, we have the very beautiful Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. How are you? Hi, I'm wonderful. How are you, Carolyn? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Do you want to tell our listeners whereabouts you're coming from? Well, I live in a small town um, called Milford, but I live in Indiana in the United States. So, yeah, um, so Caitlin's going to join us today because she's going to take you all through her own journey with her chronic and her invisible illness and how it affects her on a daily basis. So I'm going to hand it over to Caitlin and we'll let her tell you her story. Sure. So um, I really started to notice really kind of this, my chronic pain, you know, that I'm dealing with now. I started noticing it in about 2017. Um, It got to where I was getting this weird cramping in my hand when I was like trying to just hold a makeup brush or just, you know, applying makeup. And I would get this really bad cramp, like really bad cramps in my hand. Like they would come on almost as like a spasm and then they would like lock. And and then afterwards my hands would just like shake and feel so numb and just hurt so bad that it got to where like it hurt to drive. Like I couldn't hold the steering wheel. And so that's where I was noticing like, what is going on with my hands? But then I also noticed it was pain throughout my body. Well, during this time, I was also a very active alcoholic. Um, I am now 20 months sober of uh, sobriety and, you know, from alcohol um, and sobriety, but I, I, what was that? Sorry. I said, congratulations. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Yes. Um, So kind of a part of that story is one, I was about 80 pounds overweight and two with drinking so much to kind of you know, deterred the pain and to keep it away. Um, I didn't really notice a lot of the rest of the pains throughout my body. It was really just me focusing on my hands. Like in the morning, if I hadn't drank yet or whatever, that was the one thing that was like really radiating. So that was like the big thing that mainly took me to the doctor at first. And um, at first they were just like, oh, it's arthritis or, you know, and I'm talk about the pains throughout my body. A doctor kind of just... <laughs> gaslighted me and was kind of like well if you lose weight you probably won't be in so much pain and you know didn't say it like that but presented me with a a nicer cleaner diet and and pretty much was just like well if you lose weight you won't be in pain and so I went to another doctor and was like this is what I feel like at that point I had started noticing it all throughout my body and was like you know I could kind of pinpoint the certain areas and so she was like, you know, I think you, you may have fibromyalgia. Um, you know, she, she did some testing because, you know, I, unfortunately with a lot of chronic illnesses, you know, they, they did the blood work, everything came back great. Oh, okay, well, wonderful. <laughs> well, no, it's not wonderful because what's wrong with me? You know, I'm hmm. sitting here Googling things and freaking myself out. So yeah, that's great. I don't have one of these autoimmune illnesses, but I'm still sitting here being like, you know, hobbling around, scared to use my makeup tools because my hand's going to cramp or, you know, I can't open up my hands in the morning. I feel like, you know, my mom who has terrible arthritis, you know, so I didn't, I felt lost. So thankfully she, you know, was able to do, she kind of tested like some tender points and different things in office and kind of still 
blindly gave me the diagnosis, but it was when I was really talking with my psych doctor, um, you know, a different doctor from just my, my general practitioner. And we were talking about the fibromyalgia and how it could really probably coincide a lot with the depression and the anxiety mm -hmm. and the PTSD that I've been through. Um, I've, I, my ex-husband, not, you know, not my current husband, but um, I have a, an ex-partner who was very abusive to me, um, you know, in almost every way possible. And so, yeah, you've heard, I've seen a lot of things with uh, fibromyalgia and just some of those different pains and chronic illnesses being linked to. And trauma, and trauma can do a lot, of course. Yeah, yeah. To, to that trauma. Um, you know, I don't know, just a little background too. I, I danced for 15 years. So um, some of it too at the doctor's office was like, oh, well, you just danced and you're overweight now. That's why you're in pain. We're in <laughs> so I just love the doctors being like, well, cool. I'm fat and I wasted all this time dancing and having a cool dance career. And Thanks. now I'm overweight <laughs> and it doesn't matter. So I, yeah, it's just, uh, so thankfully I found a different doctor, but you know, with, with talking with my psych doctor, she, um, at the time put me on Cymbalta. So this was now like 2018, like not too much longer. And I had some really good, um, I noticed right away with Cymbalta, I had some, uh, you know, some really good support from it, but on the mental side of it, it made me suicidal. Um, it really, really deepened my depression. Um, I started noticing that I was like losing my hair over like the long period of time that I took it really helped with my pain, but really did not do well for my mental illness. Um, so I've, I've been recently taken off of Cymbalta. Um, I'm sure you've seen on my page, I've not been doing the best recently. So we've been kind of rearranging my meds and things like that. Um, well, I mean, the with, withdrawal itself is, is a lot, is an awful lot to go through. I, I've been there myself yeah. coming up these a kind of anti-psych um medication and the withdrawals yeah. are worse than anything you've ever went through before in your life so I know what you're saying I understand that but. yes coming off of coming off of, of, of many of them has has been really hard I've been so tired so sore very nauseous just yeah it's been it's been rough um I mean even I've had mental fog, you know, or even just I've had to cancel with you before just haven't haven't had the mindset to do it that day so um you know, I'm still kind of in, in the works with everything um, with my fibro, but thankfully all along I've been on gabapentin um, and that has really helped me. I've had great success um, with that for my pain. I don't know if, you know, if you've ever tried that or is that, or if that one is one that you're familiar with. Um, but my doctor is definitely very anti, um, like the the oxys and the, well, the opioids, like all those drugs, like they're very, we don't want to do any of those, you know, opioids that could be very addictive. Um, so gabapentin is one that they really try and treat for like a, a pain med that isn't supposed to be so addictive. So that has really helped me um, through the years. So that's been nice to have that um, when I'm in the real bad pain that the Tylenol and the um, ibuprofen and just the hot baths or, you know, my heating pad, all those, all those little things when those just aren't doing enough or, you know, when I've got to make it through work and, you know, I'm in a lot of pain and I need to show up, you know, those are, that, that has been helpful for me. So, um, but the rest for daily life, just kind of, I sit around and rest a lot. Unfortunately, I, I, miss a lot with my family. And that's where I'm really trying to be more active with my doctors and where I kind of wave, you know, wove the white flag, if you want to say, mm -hmm. I'm just kind of 
you know, a month or so ago, just being like, okay, I need help. I can't keep, this is no quality of life. Like I just felt like I'm not being able to support my family here. I'm not being able to be a wife. I'm not being able to be a good employee. Like it got Mm -hmm. to where, you know, I have an FMLA right now for work because it was, you know, my sweet manager being like, we've, we've given you kind of enough chances here, you know, like you've come in late enough or you've missed enough. Like we're being really lenient because we love you and we support you, but we kind of also have to stick to the rules here, you know? So I didn't yeah. want to lose my job because I love it very much, but I knew I couldn't some days make it in. Like I just couldn't physically, you know, even if it wasn't, Oh, get all pretty, you know, one of those, yeah. it was like, I can't physically move, you know? I, and so I got cut down to two days a week, but even that one of the days I had trouble. And so thankfully FMLA was able to, to help me and give me some assistance, um, you know, with that. So I have a little bit of job protection, um, because I I really love my job and I don't want to lose it, but I totally get, they have to think about their company too. You know, they have to have people to work. So I get it. Yeah. You know, this is the thing that, um, that, that, that kind of it irritates me in a sense but it's very very important and it was one of the main things I wanted to do this podcast because awareness is very very important to me I'm very very passionate about it um it like especially with chronic invisible illness when you can see something the powers to be the head of these organizations the head of these work brewers to in their mind I they're saying you don't look physically sick you don't look like you have a disability so therefore how can I believe that you're actually this much in pain or you're that much fatigue that you can't turn up to work and this this is where it all needs to change the whole stigma needs to change because people do that's what that's what they believe if you don't have a physical disability if I can't see what's wrong with you there has to be absolutely nothing wrong with you. We live a long isolating life, which is very, very isolating because yeah. you like you can't go out, you can't mingle, you can't make plans, even down to if somebody's ringing you, they could be ringing you 10 times. My mother often says this to me, I, you could be dead. And I said, if I was dead, I wouldn't be able to answer anyway. But oh, you can sorry. be, yeah, but you can be ringing and ringing. And sometimes you just don't have the physical or mental capability to hold a conversation. Absolutely. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I have something very, you know, eye-opening to me that was said, you know, with, with one of my managers, the one that spoke with me that I'm close with, who I've, I've shared about my alcoholism and even, you know, being an active kind of alcoholic, even through work, unfortunately, they've, they knew the beginning of the alcohol side before I had started my sobriety. And, um, you know, I guess even some of the managers had said like, you know, in, in questioning, like how I wasn't making it in and how I wasn't able to, you know, come in recently. And they were like, well, gosh, she still, you know, came in all the time when I guess, you know, supposedly she was drunk, but you know, it was like, yes, I still made it in. If I was hung over, if I was, you know, drinking, unfortunately I was drinking because of the pain, but yeah, my ass still made it in then because I wasn't feeling so much in pain and I was covering it and masking it with everything else. Now that I'm sober, unfortunately, I feel all that pain so much all the time. So it's like, yeah, I'm not masking it anymore. And now I can't physically make it in. So yeah, it's totally different. I know I smelled bad and came in looking crazy before. You didn't care, but I was here. Now I can't make it in, even though I physically look okay, but they had, you know, not a problem Mm. with it, but they questioned it. So it was just like, you know, but it was one of those, it was just kind of eye-opening to me, like, well, damn, like they're, they, 
are that they're questioning it that much that yeah from when i was a drunk oh i could still come in but now you know oh what's the what's this she's feeling she can't come in so i don't know yeah and like do they have do they have grounds to to sack you under this um like because it because it's a like it is an illness it is a disability it's chronic right. it's not going to go away you know like the people that say get well soon oh fuck it if only i could get well soon wouldn't like right. be great um you know we, like do would they have grounds to let you go under the terms that you you have you have a an actual disability no they don't have that grounds they would only it would only be the attendance thing and so that was where it came up it was just kind of like okay you've already missed like nine sick days and like the calendar where they give you like seven in a year besides like um you know uh if if you are actually um ill you know you can have the other call-offs of like oh i just can't come in like you know there's specific things and they were like okay we've been really lenient on like all accounts you know even you leaving early or things like that where uh yeah they just they were like sorry and i have a bird and he is acting up so i'm sorry if you hear that chirping every once in a while i'm sure that sounds wonderful through your microphone i should have moved him i'm sorry <laughs> no, no. it's great it's been a long time since any birds chirped at me anyway so it's it, well there it's you all go good. it's all good i have an admirer in the background yeah. well he always gets active when i'm real flamboyant with my hands and i'm just talking over here you know so he it's acting up and going all around but anyway um where was it? But yeah, with the work thing. So no, they wouldn't have grounds to fire me because of that or mental health or anything like that, obviously. And they've been very supportive, you know, mm. with all that, even when I told my boss that I was getting sober, he gave me so many different, um, you know, links or support groups, even that Walgreens, the company that I work for provides, you know, so they really do provide a lot of things and they really, really do care. You know, it was really just from the business side of attendance, like, girl you know we have to stick to something here so thankfully yeah. that's where um you know our, our fmla program you know through um insurance and through work can help you with uh, you know you decide with them with like but with whatever your condition is if mm. if you need um you know a, a prolonged fmla where you're gone for an extended period of time which is like you know, if you're pregnant or if you broke your foot, you know exactly how long you're going to be gone from work. Well, I was um, able to get the intermittent one, which is where I can just kind of come and go. That sounds bad, but it's it's giving me the ability for someone who has a chronic illness or someone who has migraines or things like that, where like, if I can't get up, if I just can't work that day, I'm covered. You know, I still have to call the, you know, call HR through my, you know, uh, employer and do all these steps, but I'm covered. I don't lose my job, you know, or if um, I'm having a really bad flare up while I'm at work, I can just leave. And so it covers me that way too. So I'm very thankful for that. Well, that's good because yeah, as we all know, flare up, I think somebody asked me this question going back a long time ago. Um, how do you get a flare up? Well, if I knew the answer to that, you could be damn sure I wouldn't, I wouldn't be having exactly. it. Exactly. We wouldn't be doing it if we knew what was causing how long it. Right? Did, how long did they last? That's another question. Mm -hmm. I have a better chance of winning the, the Euro Millions than being able to answer either of those questions. Exactly. Um, or how do you explain a flare-up? A flare-up is everything I'm going through every single day of the week, only 10 times, only 10 times worse. Right. I have kind of 
manifested it to once a month when I knew when I know I'm due my period because of the type of pots I have I have low blood flow pots so because of the change of the blood flow that kicks up that kicks up my flare up so sure. that's when that's when my pots will kick up itself now I'll have all the other symptoms of the pain the fatigue all those every day but I know when my tachycardia will start and my blood pressure will start to drop lower and lower and it's the same time every month so sure. I'm kind of I have that down down that that particular flare up that's only down to a change in blood flow anything other than that it can, it can be anything it can be stressed it can be the weather can be a bit of anxiety and that's what I was going to ask you actually about um especially with getting up and going going to work and having to push yourself with an illness like like the illness that you have it must bring on an awful lot of anxiety before you even leave before you even leave the house you know um, it does and did you struggle yeah oh sorry go on no I was just going to say do you struggle an awful lot an awful lot with that due to the illness I, I do you know I, I I have the anxiety and the thoughts just racing through my head all the time of if I'm going to be able to make it through work and I you know and that sounds terrible but you know it was like I just worked yesterday and I had a just a cloud all over my head just all day just walking around just being like oh I don't feel good I don't want to be here and it was it was really hard to fake my nice customer service because I just wasn't feeling it I just was hurting and I'd only had one day off in between and they've been better about not doing that but um but the one day off is just not enough and I didn't lay around and recover enough I guess um because I was really really hobbling around yesterday and but um I mean I made it thankfully it was one of those I got in my car at the end of my eight hour shift and was like oh I don't know how I did that but I did it I somehow you know so yeah, but it does give me a lot of anxiety right now of just even if people will ask me about it, you know, which that's not anything wrong, but having anxiety, I want to make sure I say the right thing. Does it, you know, not that I'm ever lying, but it's, I don't know, you know, what if they ask me something and it just doesn't seem right? That's the anxiety, you know, it's just the the constant, yeah, I am nervous, you know, what if they, what if my FMLA cancels and I have to lose my, you know, or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have anxiety about it and that yeah that stresses me out and then mm. the more your body's stressed then it then it hurts all that <laughs> it is isn't it though it is it's a vicious circle you're you get your anxiety and your and your stress and when that when that kicks off it elevates your flare-up your flare-up kicks up then you're trying to calm down no, then you're then you're dealing with your flare up, which brings on extra anxiety on top of that. Then again, so it's it's just a vicious circle. It, it is. Yeah. Same with my it's, depression. You know, I, I sleep mm -hmm. a lot more with my depression, but then from laying around a lot more and not doing the, the different stretches and things that I do to help with my pain, then my body it's hurts more. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is deconditioning. It's it's an right. awful thing. Um, but, but I mean, what can you do? You know, you get advice from everybody. And I say to people, thank you. But no two, there's no two people have the same symptoms. Before I forget, I, I want to say real fast, I thought what you just said was very interesting, you know, perspective. Because, yeah, we as humans are conditioned a lot of the time to devalue what we're going through and, and obviously empathize with other people, which that's wonderful. You can have that empathy, but yeah, having that different perspective of, even though I empathize for people who are less or whatever, that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that what I'm going through is 
any less extreme, you know? So yes, taking that power back. I, I do like that perspective. You know, obviously it's, it's not, not caring about other people or what they're going through. You know, you, you can see that, but it's seeing in yourself and not devaluing yourself because that's a lot of what we're trained to do being like what you just said. Yeah, I'm okay. You know, we, we just brush it off sometimes because it's, easier to just do that or we're just even conditioned to be like yeah I'm okay you know instead of going to someone and being like I'm not okay today you know that's that would be too extreme which I do that a lot and people think I'm extreme but it's but it's like I'm I'm not I'm not okay today you know I posted a thing a while back being like the quote I'm fine no I'm not fine but that's just what I'm gonna tell you sometimes because yeah, sometimes I don't want to talk about it you know or it's not the right time or you're not supposed to so it's yeah yeah and this is why the stigma has to has to be broken in these conditions it's the same mental health mental health is under the category of an invisible illness right um and in the same sense of people going around and saying i'm fine i'm okay when they're breaking and they're in bits on the inside yeah and we are all forced to jump and say it's okay not to be okay it's okay to speak up and people don't do it because it's like the good old-fashioned way when you see somebody on the street and they're like, hey, how are you? They don't really, they're not really asking how you are. They're, they're still walking. It's basically just like a hi or a high five. That person exactly. isn't stopping. They're walking away as they're saying it. Like, why shouldn't we be allowed to talk about being sick? What? Like, it's not that we're, we're doing it to every single person and we're going to sit you down. But if you feel, if you're not oh, feeling right. well, talk about it. That's why I love yeah, I love this community. That's why I started up that page, My Pots Me Separate, because it gives you it gives you that safe space to talk to other people that oh, are yeah. going through chronic and invisible illness through different types of disability. It gives the space for everyone to say it's that it's it's okay. It's a safe place to talk about it. Chat about it as much as you want, you know, because when yeah. you're able to talk about it, it's not pulling on you mentally. No, the, the community has been so amazing. You know, my page really focuses on sobriety, which I started it on. But, you know, it was a couple months ago that I was like, you know what, I, this is also what I'm really struggling with. So I really started incorporating a lot more of chronic illness and mental health and, you know, my fibro and just all of that into my page, because I was like, you know what, this is me, not just the sober part of it. And unfortunately in my sobriety, I'm dealing with the pain. So, you know, um, this is a lot of what's going on. So I decided to really tie it all together. You know, I know it's not a, a, just a certain niche for you to, you know, grow your following or whatever, but that's not what I care about. I care about, you know, supporting other people who are young like us, who you wouldn't think, you know, would be hurting and crippled in bed all day at times, or, you know, or who are sober or who are, you know, any of those things, you know, it's just, I, have been so blessed by the community with just different messages or little, you know, finding people like you that it's like, I would never have connected with you. And it's just so amazing, you know? So I, I just love the support. It, you know, not a lot of people, you know, I've spoken on this on, you know, for the sobriety and the chronic illness, you know, it's, you can talk to your best friend all day long, but unless you're really connecting someone, you're connecting with someone who, yeah, has that chronic pain or yeah, is, trying to live without alcohol now or whatever it may be it's just a deeper connection it really is you know or someone who's struggled with depression you know I talk to my husband all the time but 
he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have depression. So he doesn't fully understand, you know, he's been with me for nine years and has rode the ups and downs, you know, and all of that, but it's, he, he can't fully understand. So, you know, if I can, you know, connect with someone, you know, on Instagram or even one of my good girlfriends who does struggle with depression as well, it's just a lot deeper. You know, we can talk about meds and we can talk about the crazy thoughts in your head that I don't want to tell my husband or things like that, that she gets it. So it's, it's so helpful. It's so helpful to not feel alone. It really is. I was going to ask you, more and more people I've noticed um, over time are being diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I know for years it was peep, it was always arthritis. Everything was arthritis. And that you got a pain, oh, it's arthritis. It's still very alone when even the doctors don't want to believe you or take the time to listen to you. You know, like I spoke that first doctor who basically just told me to lose weight. I remember leaving there just being like, well, cool. I didn't get any answers. I just got told to lose weight. So cool. Like <laughs> what? I can't believe some of the things that I even read or just hearing that story of what crazy gaslighting and just horrible treatment that doctors give their, their patients. It just makes me sad. And, yeah. and for illnesses like this, you know, where, you know, with POTS or with fibromyalgia, where sadly there's that stigma of oh it's just something people lump together because they don't really know what's wrong with you oh well that's cool you know so it's like no take it seriously this is people are people are struggling with this it's not just you know it, I, I yeah frustrating <laughs> it, it is very frustrating and that's okay because everybody talks about kind of the same thing it is a lot of medical gaslighting yeah um I think would somebody want to actually find out what these what kind of treatments there is for these conditions are right. you just happy pushing a pen around a prescription pad and getting on with your life and paying back your so Caitlin um have you any pointers or any tips that you use yourself personally for dealing with your pain or relaxation or meditation or whatever it is something that works for you that our listeners might find might be good for them Sure. Um, well, something that really helps me when my hands are really swelling. Um, I know here in the States, they're called like the, the copper gloves um, or like just the compression gloves. Um, those have been really helpful for me, even wearing them to bed at night as uncomfortable as they can be. I definitely wake up not so swollen, able to use my hands a little bit more. So definitely wearing those, you know, trying giving my hands a break somewhat, but if I really can stay in them, even at night, it really does help. Mm. Um, I've also started a anti-inflammatory diet. Um, don't stick to it all the time, but four or five, more <laughs> but also my um, interstitial cystitis. I don't know if you're familiar with what that is, but it's no. basically like feeling like you have a UTI all the time. Um, oh, 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 I was, that's uh, so frustrating. I, oh, my yeah. heart leaves me. <laughs> yes. So, but I was going to the doctor and they were saying, well, you don't have a UTI. And I was being like, fucking tell my bladder because I've gone pee 30 times this morning. So, you know, pointless little peas that are keeping me up at night, but are causing mm -hmm. me so much pain, you know, so long story short, um, went to a urologist, got diagnosed with that and, and an anti-inflammatory diet really, really helps with basically all over with, you know, with my fibro, um, with the interstitial cystitis with, I mean, really just anything. Um, so it's obviously no alcohol. I try and really 
watch my caffeine intake because caffeine is definitely, mm. you know, bad on the anxiety, which, cause then, then obviously hurts your body and can cause flares. But then, mm. you know, for my interstitial societies, it definitely flares that up. Um, but really low acidity things and just, uh, but just really trying to, to watch what's good for my body and, and what is, you know, like you said, everybody is different. So I've, you know, tweaked some of what that anti-inflammatory diet is, um, you know, so I've tweaked it to work for me. Um, gosh, the last thing, invest in a heating pad and a, and a space heater. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds just, so dorky, I know you laugh at that, but so many I, people have said it's, I'm always so cold and you know, I think about heating pads just like, oh, for my period or whatever, which yeah, it's so beneficial for that. But there are times when just I'm so cold and just my body hurts if I'm so cold, it makes everything so much worse that just to be warm is just <laughs> just wonderful sometimes. So yeah, that's that yeah, would be well, my last is is a heating if pad. It were, well, if it's worth if it's working for you, that's why these these or these pads say oh god carolyn these tips <laughs> will help but will help other people um, oh yes yeah which is it's very good it's very handy to have to have those as i said i know there'll be a lot of people and a lot of people that have been on this already that have fibromyalgia and all all been all treating their, their way in a totally different way because it is you going through it at the end of the day so nobody right. knows what your body needs better better than you do Absolutely. So are you back to work tomorrow or have you a few days off now to recuperate? I am back to work tomorrow, unfortunately. Um, but then after that, I have a couple of days off. So I won't be like one, one, only one day off in between, which is a little hard. Um, so back tomorrow. So hopefully you should be feeling okay. I'm trying to just take it easy today. No big, big plans or anything. So yeah no somersaults or handstands or anything no, acrobatic. No, yeah, just take not it doing easy. my jazzercising today so you know <laughs> no, <laughs> take it no, easy no pole dancing give the pole dancing no, a break no today, not okay. on mondays no 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 <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, a re it's really a wednesday kind of midweek it, it is really. it's more of a hump day activity sure sure <laughs> in more ways than one listen oh, um Caitlin, thanks a million for joining us. Um, would you like to tell the listeners where they can find you if they want to follow your story, be it on your recovery journey or on your fibromyalgia? Yes, yeah. Um, so on Instagram, my name is K-A-T-Y-X-L-O-U-H. And that's Katie Lou. Um, my name is Caitlin Hewer. I mostly focus on sobriety and mental illness and chronic illness. So if you'd like to follow me, I would love to chat with you and obviously uh, would love the support and I'd love to support you as well. Excellent. You know, check her out and I will add some more details to the bio when it goes up. Thanks again for taking the time to join us. Thank you all for listening and we hope you do come and join us again as us warriors unite. Thank you again to this week's warrior guest, Caitlin, for sharing her journey with us. If you would like to follow her, you can find her on Instagram under KatieXLou. That's K-A-T-Y-X-L-O-U-H. I do hope you will join us again as us warriors unite.